British spy chief issues a cybersecurity call to arms, and remembering security legend Dan Kaminsky. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hi, I'm Anna Delaney. Act decisively now to control the West's destiny, says GCHQ Director Jeremy Fleming. So what's it all about? Well, I met with ISNG's Executive Editor of Data Breach Today in Europe, Matthew Schwartz, who shares some insight on the story. Very good to see you, Matt. So the Director of Britain's GCHQ Intelligence Agency made a rare public appearance last week to deliver a technology call to arms. So what was his message? In a nutshell, Anna, the message was the UK and its like-minded allies need to get their act together. So yes, Jeremy Fleming, director of GCHQ, in a speech at Imperial College London, rare public appearance for him. He was talking about the need for the West to be more assertive on the technology front. Now, Britain and its allies don't always have a great track record of getting ahead of new and emerging technologies that might have a geopolitical impact. 5G, for example, is a very notable example of how China invested massively in domestic manufacturing, flooded the market, and it got to the point where by the time that the US, UK, and some other countries decided that this wasn't in their national security interests to have Huawei widely installed, it was already widely installed. So they were faced with the prospect of having to rip and replace and fund the Huawei gear that was in place. And they also really had a lack of a strong domestic or reliable alternative. And so Fleming's point of view here is coming out and saying, we need to avoid these kinds of situations in the future. And he's talking about Russia posing a threat in his speech, but really highlighting China, posing the biggest existential risk to Western values in part because it's such an early adopter, developer, and pursuer of the latest technologies. Here's Fleming offering an appropriately technological operating system analogy. Previously, I and others have pointed out that in terms of our national security, Russia is affecting the weather whilst China is shaping the climate. And that remains the case. But when it comes to technology, I'll use another analogy. The threat posed by Russia's activity is like finding a vulnerability on a specific app on your phone. It's potentially serious, but you can probably use an alternative. However, the concern is that China's size and technological weight means that it has the potential to control the global operating system. And in practice, that means that states like China are early implementers of many of the emerging technologies that are changing the digital environment. They have a competing vision for the future of cyberspace and are playing strongly into the debates around international rules and standards. So is 5G the only concern here, or are there other technologies and types of security at risk? All sorts of types of technologies. So Fleming touched on quantum computing, the use of technologies in you know, smart homes, smart cities, that sort of thing, you know, the rise of the Internet of Things devices. And there's lots of different types of risks that he was highlighting, I think, just to frame the conversation. And a lot of these will not be any surprise to listeners. Online communities, for example, can bring people together, but they can also be used to sow discord. They can you know, poison 
social discourse. If an actor such as Russia, for example, gets in there and manipulates it in unexpected or unfortunate or unwelcome ways. Smart cities are another interesting one because ideally they will be predicated on only knowing what devices are doing and not knowing what people are doing, the device users. But of course it could be designed in this big brother type of way to just track everybody all the time. Same again with digital currencies that are being rolled out. If they aren't designed with so-called liberal values in mind, they could be used to track us in hitherto unforeseen ways. You know, imagine instead of using cash, you're using digital currencies and everything is being tracked and monitored. So one of the big flags Fleming was raising is that the West not only needs to get ahead on the manufacturing front, but also on the conceptualizing of international standards and laws to make sure that it doesn't wake up one day in the midst of a geopolitical night. So what's the mandate? So Fleming is calling on policymakers to orient themselves to be constantly asking that question. What is our mandate? How do we adopt and foster technology and the use of technology in a way that will meet our strategic requirements? Of course, too many lawmakers are unfortunately famous for their lack of technology expertise. And also betting on new technologies is risky and lawmakers don't like risk. Some of these new technologies, despite the investments, aren't going to work. Money may get lost. But the gist of Fleming's call to arms is be bold. I liken it to Facebook's famous internal motto, move fast and break things. Obviously, Facebook isn't probably saying that these days so much. But to adapt that, as we're talking about a British intelligence agency here issuing a strategic technological call to arms. So the underlying imperative here might be best summarized not as move fast and break things which was Facebook's famous internal motto. As this is a British intelligence agency, I'd perhaps characterize Fleming's call to arms with something a bit more restrained sounding. Move quickly and with a broad, well-funded. It might not have the gravitas of shaken, not stirred, but it's the 21st century. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. When it comes to the pandemic, where are we really at with regards to vaccines and variants? Well, to find out, do watch an interview conducted by our Senior Vice President of Editorial, Tom Field, with continuity planning expert, Regina Phelps. Here she is, sharing insight on how the COVID-19 experience changes the game for business continuity planning. I will tell you that the, the learnings that have come from this pandemic have really changed the lens of how one looks at continuity planning. So historically, you know, the work from home model might have been part of a solution in a, in a crisis event, but it wasn't the solution. And so now I think what you're looking at is that there's going to be a reimagining of continuity plans. And I think, though, when you live in an area where there could be a regional event like an earthquake or a hurricane or a massive power failure or an ice storm like where you are, you still need to make sure that you've got strategies. So if your idea is that everybody can go home and work, but now all of a sudden there's no power, then, you know, that's not working very well. So they need to rethink continuity plans from obviously the work from home model works for the office environment, but what happens when there are no utilities, no internet, 
Are there other options that you could do? Some of my clients are now looking at turning the office actually into a hot spot, if you will, where they would bring in generation and have that already installed and really looking at making the building more redundant instead of just saying, oh, we're just going to send people home. So I think that's part of the change that we're starting to see. I think what I would say to all your listeners is if they have multiple locations, one of the things that they should do is that when they reevaluate their continuity plans, they need to see how they are utilizing other locations to support recovery if their spot is down. And it's not just putting that in the book. They actually have to practice by actually on certain days, stopping production, having that go to the other location, they pick it up and run with it. The information security community is mourning the loss of Dan Kaminsky, the renowned security researcher who died last week at age 42. The cause of Kaminsky's death was diabetic ketoacidosis, Kaminsky's family said in a statement. Matt, you interviewed Dan on multiple occasions. Indeed. And it's so very sad to hear that he's died so young. Dan was a fixture of the cybersecurity community, regularly appearing at DEF CON, Black Hat. I had the pleasure of interviewing him on a range of subjects on multiple occasions. Just to highlight what he's perhaps best known for is the so-called Kaminsky bug, not a phrase he came up with, but one which was imbued upon him after in 2008, he discovered an extremely serious cache poisoning vulnerability in the internet's domain name system. And he contacted some DNS experts, you know, people at the top of the field who could help get this fixed. And in a coordinated fashion, they did fix it before it could be used or exploited for nefarious purposes. Dan was enthusiastic, intelligent, approachable, and had such interesting thoughts to share. One interview for me stands out in particular. It was at RSA 2016 in San Francisco, and I invited Dan into ISMG's studio at the conference to talk about a big, bad flaw in glibc, which he did. At the time, though, there was also this fight going on between Apple and the FBI, the seemingly never-ending crypto wars. In that particular case, the Bureau was attempting to compel Apple to crack its own operating system via a court order. I asked Dan if he had any thoughts on the matter. A few, he said, before launching into an impassioned critique on the importance of cybersecurity to society and the role of information security professionals. Here's that clip. Look, I am sympathetic to the FBI's position that they have a particular piece of data they'd like to extract. But you can't just look at an individual extraordinary crime. You've got to look at the reality that we're living through the largest crime wave in human history. Like for every phone that we would really like to get into, there's tens of thousands of devices that we really need to protect. And that work, that protection has been brought to us by what I promise you is a small team at Apple that has been made an enormous liability for one of the largest companies in the world. And that's a terrifying thing. These guys shouldn't be getting a court order. These guys should be getting medals. They have done what I personally thought that was impossible, which is make a platform that is extraordinarily difficult to hack. So difficult that the FBI is looking at the trends and they're saying, we're not gonna be able to hack everything. Maybe not everyone. You know, we're living in a world where everything can get hacked and is getting hacked. Small businesses are finding their payrolls gone. 110 million consumers lose access to their money over Christmas. Like multi-billion dollar companies, everyone's getting hit. The lights are going out a quarter, you know, 
a quarter of a million people in the Ukraine lost their power. You know what didn't happen? Quarter of a million iPhones got hacked. That didn't happen. We have got to protect the people who are putting out the fires, okay? If American cities were burning regularly, we would be fixing that problem. Firefighters would be within minutes of every site to stop them from spreading. Law, law enforcement has an absolute rule to play. They would hunt down the arsonists. Engineers would be figuring out how to make buildings that didn't burn. This is not a theoretical thing. This is what we did. American cities used to burn regularly. Manhattan, San Francisco, Seattle, Chicago, all used to suffer enormous, suffered an enormous fire, and it doesn't happen. We need to get that degree of predictability for cyber, because I tell you, all those cities are going to be cyber attacked tomorrow. And we can fix that. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some time. And it's going to take not threatening the people who are putting out the fires, being selling them, actually don't do too good a job or we're going to burn you. That's it from the ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Anna Delaney. Until next time.